0: Hello, everyone. Welcome back. We're in the book of uh, John. We're in chapter eight. Um, we're starting from verse one, going through verse eleven. Now, a couple of notes on this uh, today's study. Um, first off, some manuscripts, some early manuscripts, don't include um, verse um, um, chapter uh, seven, verse fifty-three in this uh, study, and they don't include. Um, uh, verses one through eleven, as uh, part of um, um, the uh, the official text of the Bible. There's 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 apparently some controversy over whether it should be a part of John. Now, um, my study Bible says some manuscripts are early included and in some uh, don't include it, um, and. Uh, Dr. McGee feels like it should be included. Uh, nevertheless, the study Bible, my study Bible, says that you know there's nothing unsound in it, and um, you know so it's left in the Bible. It's left in, but it's always footnoted. Um, and uh, but they say you know shouldn't be uh, used for the basis of building any point of doctrine unless confirmed by Scripture so um, there you go, but most of the uh Bible stories will include this story because it's um it's so consistent with jesus's teaching so McGee says you know, why would somebody leave it out of the earliest manuscripts and then others include it uh McGee says, you know his opinion is number one, it should be part of the uh Bible. And number two, probably the reason, you know, that this was left out, in his in his opinion, was that, you know, it was um, written down by hand, by scribes, you know, they didn't have printing presses back in those days, so all this had to be written out by hand, and in his opinion, whoever was writing it down thought, wow, this is, you know, adultery, this is a you know, controversial subject, and uh, it might, you know, uh, teach people, uh, it might prompt people to commit adultery, or it might, um, you know, be a little too risque for the Bible. And so it just felt like somebody probably made the human decision to leave it out. But um, others um, kept it in, and or maybe it wasn't in John's original final draft you know for his his gospel maybe it was taking down his notes or something and um, the maybe somebody felt like they didn't have the complete uh picture here but in any event um, it is uh, uh as McGee says he feels like it should be part of of God's word uh that being said um We're going to have a picture of Jesus writing in the dirt in just a minute, and uh, McGee gives us an opinion on, on what you think he was writing. This is the only time that we get a picture of Jesus writing anything down. So let's let's uh, proceed and um, take a look at this. In um, um, of course, they put in chapter seven, verse fifty three at the beginning of this. Uh, they went each to his own house but Jesus went to the mount of olives this is after um he is you know teaching all these people and he had just fed uh you know thousands of people the 5000 and then uh, people were following him trying to ask him who he was and um people were debating on who he was and then we sort of concluded chapter 7 with the officers who had been sent to you know grab Jesus and bring him back for questioning they didn't bring him back because nobody had ever spoke or taught like this man and it kind of kind of um, the officers didn't feel good about taking him in and um, and the um the chief priests and the Pharisees were sort of saying, you know, um, you know, did he, did he uh, bewitch you too, or did he blow your mind also? And um, <clears throat> and then, of course, Nicodemus is, you know, kind of at the end. You know, he kind of tries to defend Jesus. He says, you know, um, we don't judge anybody without <clears throat> first giving him a hearing and learning what he does. So we shouldn't really be accusing him. And of course. Now the the uh, the Pharisees and the priests, they're sort of arguing, you know, among themselves. And then we conclude that with each went to his own house, but Jesus went to the Mount of Olives. McGee made a little comment. I mean, that isn't it interesting that we each go to our own house while Jesus sleeps outside. We each um, go and some of us, even today, does Jesus come and reside with us, or, or do we allow Jesus to stay outside on, on the Mount of Olives? Jesus wants to come into our hearts. Jesus wants to come into our homes, and um, do, we, do we leave Jesus outside, or do we bring him in with us? Well, at this point, all these people went to their own house. They didn't bring Jesus in with them. Jesus is sleeping outside. Now, but Jesus went to the Mount of Olives. Now, early in the morning, he came to the temple. Okay, so he gets up. He works early, doesn't he? And all the people came to him, and he sat down and taught him. Verse 3, the scribes and the Pharisees brought a woman who had been caught in adultery, in the act, And placing her in the midst, they said to him, Teacher, this woman has been caught in the act of adultery. Now, first, what a. Can you imagine? You're in the temple, everything's going good. Then there's a commotion outside, maybe some yelling, screaming, arguing. A lot of people, you know, coming up, and it busts up the whole teaching experience. And here you've got this woman disheveled you know caught in the act of adultery and um they are you know you've got a commotion going on and you know the insensitivity of these rulers these these priests okay these pharisees the scribes and the pharisees the insensitivity of just treating someone like like uh like like this <clears throat> without regard to to anything Uh, So they're just bringing her, it's almost like you don't even care about her, now we're going to use her as something to debate over. And uh, so, and obviously they're only doing this to trap Jesus in some way, to try to get him to trap him in his words or either have him try to contradict what the law is so that they can accuse him of something. So, if he stones the woman, he looks like he's a callous, you know, person, and, you know, it would create, you know, so far he's, uh, he he doesn't have any stains on his reputation. So, um, anyway, they said teacher, you know, of course, that teacher is, uh, they're giving him a a title of authority of course they don't believe he should be a teacher and of course he hasn't been educated as they have so but they're 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 insincere in their comments and they're insincere what they're trying to do with the woman and they're insincere of how they're trying to portray themselves in front of the people So she's been caught in the act of adultery now the law of moses verse 5 commanded us to stone such a woman so what do you say all right so they want to they want to put him on the spot and they're bringing a woman as sort of exhibit a you know now it's there's no challenge to whether or not this is a true allegation or a false allegation they're not even challenging that They're just bringing this woman and having Jesus react to it. Verse 6. This they said to test him that they might have some charge to bring against him. Now, first, Jesus knows everybody's hearts and their intentions. How does Jesus diffuse all of this? Right in the middle of the temple. Are you going to follow the temple law? Are you going to follow the law? What are you going to do? This is like bringing everything to a head in many uh, regards. Look what Jesus does. Jesus bent down and wrote with his finger on the ground. He's writing in the ground. He's He's not really looking at the woman. He's bending down. He's taking the position of humility. And as they continued to ask him, he stood up and said to them, Let him who is without sin among you be the first to throw a stone at her. And once more he bit down and wrote on the ground. Now, what is he writing on the ground? We don't know. Uh, McGee gives us his theory. I think it's an interesting theory. I'd never considered it like this. What do you think he's writing? He might have been writing the names You know, of each one of them, one by one, and something in their past, some sin in their past that only they knew about. It might have been, as McGee says, maybe one of these Pharisees and scribes, maybe they um, had an adulterous relationship. Or maybe they had uh, a kid out of wedlock and nobody knew about it. They paid them off. Or whatever sin, a deep, dark sin, wrote it down in the sand so that no one might recognize it. He didn't have to say it out loud. He was discreet, but he knew the sin of each person there. And he wrote it down so that one by one, somebody could... You know, if somebody, whoever's was the closest, Jesus would write their name and their sin and they would see it and they would know that Jesus knew their sin. And of course, if Jesus wanted to, he could announce their sin. And then they thought, wow, he knows my heart. They have nothing to say. Because he who is without sin Cast the first stone. So he he might have picked the eldest person people first. They were in front, you know, because they thought they had him. And one by one, beginning with the older ones, you know, but when they heard it, they went away one by one, beginning with the older ones. In other words, each one comes up to Jesus baby to accuse him, they're gonna. They want to see what he's writing. You know, they're probably curious. And when each one, one by one, comes up to see what, what he's writing, they see their name. And they see their sin. And they're convicted right in their heart. And they know that deep dark sin that they're, they thought they had hidden away. They were embarrassed of. They're terrified of <clears throat> if anyone knew. It's not worth it <clears throat> to try to <clears throat> get this out in the open. And they didn't say anything. They just probably dropped their rock and turned and would mutter something, but to try to save their reputation, but not too loud because. They know that he knows something that could destroy them, their reputation. And they walked away with the sin in their own heart, convicted. And Jesus was left alone with the woman standing before him. And Jesus stood up and said to her, woman, where are they? Has no one condemned you? And she said, no one, Lord. And Jesus said, neither do I condemn you. Go. And from now on, sin no more. So, an interesting thing, Jesus shows forgiveness, shows compassion. And he doesn't condemn her. Now, he's... Under the Mosaic law, a sinner should be stoned. So why didn't he stone her? Well, every one of these people around
1: her was a sinner.
0: And perhaps every one of these people had had some type of adultery. Jesus knew the heart of everybody. So under the Mosaic law, everybody should have been stoned. So as each one drops the rock Jesus has a basis now for dropping the rock because there's nobody there to stone her so it's a very elegant way of acknowledging the law but there's nobody here to stone you and I don't condemn you So he shows mercy. And that's the gospel message. The gospel message is brought to a generation of sinners, all deserving to be stoned, all deserving to die. But the gospel message comes from mercy on the sinner and on the condemned. Jesus is going to lay down his life for these sinners. So we get a picture of mercy, we get a picture of the gospel message, and um, we get a picture of Jesus' authority to be a judge. We see the judge, Jesus, here, and we see his tremendous ethical nature as he confronts each person with their sin, or each person there with their own heart as he changes the heart from this crowd ready to stone and dismantles the crowd one by one. So we're going to stop here. We'll turn the rest of the podcast over to our co-host in Zambia, Matali. Mitali, Mitalia, I hope you're doing great. And um, I look forward to hearing your uh, take on this study today. This is a tremendous study. So for me to all of you, as always... God bless you. Keep your hearts centered on Christ on this great spiritual battlefield. And we'll see you here next time.